hamster with a blunt penknife and do it quicker. Come back to a hamster with a blunt penknife with Joe Ford. Hello. And and myself, Jim Allenby. And uh, how how are you, Joe? You sounded so sexy there. Do you know what? Can I just copy and paste <laughs> you to saying that at the beginning of every episode? I'll get more <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I'm marvellous. I'm having a lovely night here with you. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's nice. Nice. We're uh, we've we've uh, entered the tomb, and uh, Bernard Holly's dead. So, oh, oh, bless him. He managed four episodes of Claws of Axos. Yeah, I wonder. I just, I just. In thought, actually, I wonder if uh, Kaftan paid the doctor the fifty pounds to open the doors, seeing as though he was the one who actually got them. He didn't get them open, did he? He, he switched the electric off in them. Is that right? Nothing. Yeah, who opened the door? Oh, it's Toberman. No, it, I think Toberman should catch Toberman. it. Yeah, yeah it's Toberman. That's the one. <laughs> you know the bit at the end where he's like struggling with the door, right at the end, he should be going, Where's my 50 pounds? <laughs> <laughs> I could be rich. <laughs> well, Jim, I do believe you know you, you may have uh, approached the Twitterati today. I did. I did. Yeah, I did. Um, I uh, and we've we've had some responses as well. Um, so, uh, I'll uh, I'll read out a couple of uh, comments, um, questions. So um, our first one is from the lovely Dave Rennie. Oh, um, look, we've already stroked your fucking ego. And <laughs> we're doing it again. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we're not going to read out his question. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> of course we are. Um, so uh, Dave asks, um, both Tomb and Webb were considered two lost classics, which has fared better since their return to the archives? Which I thought that was a fantastic question. That was the first one we got. What do you think? Uh, so, I mean, I've spoken about my thoughts on um, on two of the Cybermen, and that I've always it's always been a classic for me. Um, a web of fear, uh, I had only experienced on audio, and then as uh, I watched the Telesnap reconstruction. Um, and then the the found episodes. Um, uh, I've oh, you didn't like them. I have never. Oh, this is this is really oh, difficult on, because it, I think Be the honest. web of fear. I think the web of fear is a story that possibly could have benefited from not having as many episodes in it. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's a couple of episodes too long because there's a lot of running around in it. Um, I think what works is that it's it's very creepy. Um, the 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 setting of being in the underground it's very clever. Um, I like that. I I I like the whole. Uh, I mean, it's based under siege. It's based under siege nearly every week, isn't it? But um, it's very dark and it's very. There's a there's a very creeping atmosphere about the story, um, and that's what I always go back to when I'm rewatching it. Um, but I, when I do rewatch it, I get a little bit bored by the end of it. I think I was I was um, when I when I listened to the audio for the first time before it got found. I um, I didn't like it very much i thought it was quite a dull story um 
and then when I watched it, um, I think I watched Enemy of the World first, um, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. It was one of the best things I'd ever seen, and I, it's still up there and probably my top 20.2 stories, Enemy of the World, um, and then followed it with The Web of Fear, and I just felt it was a bit bit of a, a come down. Um, you know, it would, the, the Enemy of the World had been really exciting, and Web of Fear just wasn't. Um, I think, I think probably fandom probably prefer, I think, the Web of Fear. Um, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I agree with you. Mm. I, I prefer Tomb of the Sidemen to the Web of Fear. Mm. Um, and I prefer Enemy of the World to both of them. I loved Enemy of the World as a soundtrack. So when it came back, and I could just see all the performances and Baroness. Mm brilliant direction i was i was absolutely sold um web of fear is outstandingly directed like it is oh yeah brilliantly directed it's probably the most dynamically directed 60s story mm. uh, and those sequences in common garden episode four are just oh. unforgettably good yeah but this is more fun yeah like, we haven't touched Kaftan and Klieg yet, and boy, are we going there in this episode. <laughs> um, but this hat, this is my bag. You know, big camp villains, massive set pieces, an mm. elusive doctor. Mm-hmm. This is much more fun than the Web of Fear. The Web of Fear, it kind of runs on the spot for about three mm. episodes. It's it it does so with like creepy set pieces and and lots of horror. I think it is very good. Oh, absolutely! Um, I have a laugh watching this. You know, I think this is this is a, I think this is a little bit more accessible. I think mm. you know you can just bung this on in one night and watch it, and it's you're done. I think Web of Fear, you need to probably sit down and 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 you know camp out for for an evening to 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 watch that. Um, I'll give you a parallel, it, right? You said Knock Knock was an accessible episode for a non-fan yeah mm-hmm. and i agree it's like knock knock is two of the cybermen and mm. weather fear is like heaven sent i would mm. never show heaven sent to a non-fan they'd be like no. what the fuck is this he's just hanging around a castle for an hour you know like <laughs> how boring is this and yeah it is fantastic and they like the weather fear it's brilliantly directed yeah. you know and it is very very good but yeah. it yeah, I ain't really got the fun factor to it, is it? No, not at all. You've got to, yeah, you've really got to, you've got to invest your time, I think, with the web of fear. Um, but I do think, you know, fandom in general has, uh, I think, probably, uh, it's probably more highly regarded than Tomb of the Cybermen. So, well, yeah. What's your next question then? Come on, this is fun. Uh, the ne- my next question is from Nathan Bottomley. Oh, God. Uh, I'll tell you, I, it's, I'll bet you, I can even guess, and I haven't read these questions, and I can even guess he's going on about Toad Man in some way. I'll bet you. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, thereabouts. Um, is Toom extremely racist or just, <laughs> really, just really quite racist? <laughs> and we've not really touched on that yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. I don't think because we haven't seen the worst of it yet. Um, <laughs> it is. It is racist. Yes. A lot of 60s Doctor Who is racist. Mm-hmm. And I've had this dialogue with many people now. Does this mean I cannot sit and watch it, even though it's something I don't agree with? Yes, I can. It's mm-hmm. a bit of telly. 
and the racial politics of the time were problematic. Yes. Other people can choose not to enjoy things because of that. I am not one of those people. So, yeah, it is racist. It has a a, a mute, sort of stupid, dark-skinned character Mm -hmm. who is cybertized and then murdered horribly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the villains... The villains are both dark skinned, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, he they're both the uh, Shirley. Is it Cookson? Did we say Cookson? Shirley Cookson? Yeah. Um, she's she's uh, she's been uh, well blacked up for want of a better word, blacked up. Um, she, I think, she even mentioned in in the documentary she was she was actually blonde, um, and uh, Fraser Hines didn't recognize her yeah. yet. He'd seen her. Quite often, um, and it apparently came up to her and started <laughs> flirting with her. She's like, she's like, he has no idea I'm the producer's wife. I'm gonna have some fun with it. <laughs> Good, someone had to teach him a lesson. And 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 you know, you've got the actor who plays who plays Cleek. He's, um, uh, I think, he was from Cyprus, um, from what I remember reading. And he, um, if you look at what he was, he was cast as kind of middle eastern villains and you know uh, uh, people of uh, of different for, from different cultures and uh, i think it was just one of those things that uh, well wrongly was done at the time um that people were cast in these roles without thought you know they they could have they could have put some thought into it they could have you know what how how great would it have been if if uh, the professor in this had been played by the guy who plays Toberman, you know, it, it would have been, it would, it would have been so different, you know. Um, but I just think it was, it was the landscape in general of TV uh, around that time that people that they didn't think, they just didn't think. No. And I think no, I know, don't think just... it was a consideration to the portion of the audience watching that could be offended by this. And I don't think there was a big portion of the audience watching at the time that were offended by this because this is no. just how this was the pattern. This was how yeah. it were. And it ain't right. And do you know what? I love a load of those 70s sitcoms, you know. I mm-hmm. what are you being served and things like that. And problematic. I mean, we barely started, you know, some of those oh. episodes. Um, and things like love thy neighbor that were coming out and things like that. Yeah, like, yeah it was a it was a terrible time for representation. Mm-hmm. It got better, and guess what? Suddenly we're in a in an era of Doctor Who where representation is key. I mean, mm-hmm. we're still fucking whinging. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever happy, are they? Nobody is ever happy. I think if everybody be every everybody ha- was happy in this fandom or or any fandom, I think. Uh... I think uh, it'd be a very lovely day, but unfortunately, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. It'll never happen. No. no. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if we've answered Nathan's question, really. I think we have, haven't we? Yes, it is. Yeah, it's racist. <laughs> Thanks, Nathan, for spoiling our fun. We are having a great time with Tom and Simon until you came along. <laughs> well, look, should we, should we get, go and watch Simon tearing their way out of a tomb in episode two? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think we should. Going, so it counts in me or you? Uh, you can count as in, I think, because uh, did I do episode one? I think, I think you I did, did didn't I? I? Yeah, so yeah, in you count as in, Joe. Five, four, three, two, one. Oh. 
I love that music. Oh, oh, it's fantastic. And what do you think? What do you think of the Troughton title title sequence? Oh, I've had people come on this thing saying they think he looks very sweet. I think he looks bloody sinister in it. Mm. And, yeah, and, and it sort of tears through his face. The, the yeah, brackets. yeah. I don't, I don't like it as much as the the first Doctor's uh, title sequence. Um, no, but uh, my favorite. It's still, it's still good. I like it. Still Can very experimental. The uh, the lack of dramatic zooms in television these days is television's loss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you see the way the camera <laughs> zoomed in on that cyberhead then? <laughs> do you know what they never do anymore, right? It's really annoying. They never do the uh when someone suddenly realizes something, it's like goes <laughs> right in their face, do you know? <laughs> it's you know, like the Colin Baker cliffhanger zoom. Yeah. <laughs> they stopped doing it after that because they just they got it all out of their systems in trial of timelords. <laughs> <laughs> every every time we used to have a disaster at work, my 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 co-worker who was a Doctor Who fan used to say, This is the moment when the camera zooms in on you. Like Colin Baker's face. <laughs> hey, I've got a game I want to play with you. Oh. Oh, yeah, you know, you look interested. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Which Cyril Shaps Is This? <laughs> you ready? Go on. <laughs> I'm going to do a small quote and then you got to try and guess which one it is. All right. Okay. okay. <clears throat> and uh, uh, where is the king? That's uh, I can't remember the name of his character, but it's uh, he it's from the Androids of Tara, isn't it? Is he in the Androids of Tara? Archimand, right? Oh, yeah, that's the one. Yep. Okay. Um. Uh. What about? Oh no, oh, I can't think of a single line he says in that story. Okay, I'm just going to do this then. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> but imagine I'm wearing like a, a goggles on my ears. Again, um, I cannot remember his character's name, but it's Planet of Spiders, isn't it? Uh, that's is it Professor Clegg. Professor Clegg. Yeah. I'm terrible. I'm terrible with names. You'll find that. <laughs> and finally, um, this ghastly place. <laughs> what will happen to us? <laughs> well. Can you remember his name in this? <laughs> you can't, can you? <laughs> I can't remember his name, no. I think, is it Mr. Viner? That's it, Mr. Viner. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so terrible. Who else does he play? Oh, um, he's... he's in Ambassadors of Death, isn't he? That's right. What's his name in that? I can't remember. <laughs> well, suffers a grisly fate, though, doesn't he? Oh yeah, yeah. You can always Bless count him. on Daryl Shapps to do a bit of cowering and snivelling, can't you? Yeah, yeah. He, we, we, we needed more Cyril Shapps, I think. It's a shame he didn't last till the new series. I'd love to see him in the new series. Cyril Shaps. Oh yeah. 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 Um I, I mean, how Victoria could possibly have thought that piece of metal was a fossil is beyond me. <laughs> what do you think of the Simon Mats? Uh, I mean they're very cute. Um they're kind of a they serve a purpose in the story, I suppose. Um and I suppose the um they kind of remind me a little bit of the Scarab Beetles um, yeah. from the the newer Mummy films. Um, although obviously that was a little bit more spectacular looking um, when they um, 
consume people. Um, but yeah, they they they're cute. Um, I I think they they seem a little bit more sinister in the wheel in space. Um, hey, Billy Boy, <laughs> <laughs> what you doing there? <laughs> I guess, I I, they're infants, though. Like they're they're in the tomb right now, aren't they? There's lots of little yeah. creatures that are sort of uh, come out and attack them mm. at night when they're sleeping. Mm. Yeah, it's it. It would have been nice to have seen a, a swarm of them. That now that would have been interesting. We wouldn't have ever seen that in the sixties, but a swarm of them. Peak Cybermat, and why is it Elizabeth Sladen wrestling with one in Revenge of the Cybermen? <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking of with those <laughs> cyber mats. I mean, come on. <laughs> hey. Right, we're going to give you this Hoover attachment. Right, you got to <laughs> suck it on your on your neck. And pretend... Oh, actually, no, there's a fabulous one in um, closing time. Do you remember that one with the teeth? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah, they're really cute. I I don't I like them. They're cute, and I'm, I I don't. Did they release them as toys at all at any point? They probably should have done. You know. No, I think the they should have well. them or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. I still think there's a great that was set in a bloody toy shop. That there were scenes in a toy shop and it had cyber mats in it. Now you do the math, mass mm-hmm. market these cyber mats and send them out mm-hmm. into all the kids' homes and then activate them and kill all them yeah. shits all at once. Oh, yeah. sorry, you've got children, haven't you? I better shut up now. <laughs> He's in bed. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I've just been to infant side, haven't I? <laughs> yeah, but that would have been something that I could have imagined Russell doing, Russell T. Davis. Yes. Well, it's That's very, the sort of thing he would have done with that story. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Although uh, he probably would have eased off on, you know, the child, children being killed. So. <laughs> That's true. Moffat don't care. He drags them all out of their graves and oh, yeah. them, you know. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Jim, please mm-hmm. don't burn me. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, here we go. This is pizza or shaps, look. <laughs> oh, he looks very perturbed. Oh, this fellow with the American accent as well. Mm. Is, it, is he an American? I don't think the actor is. <laughs> oh, you are. <laughs> Not with an accent like that. Although uh, I have nicked his line quite a few times, I've sort of walked in and go, "Some fellow's gun and barred up the lot." You know? <laughs> <laughs> but they yeah, are somebody... like, they're, they're big characters, aren't they? They're quite fun to be around. Yeah, they are. They are, and they're all very distinct as well. You kind of you you know each one. I mean, some of them are more memorable than others. Um, you know, uh, but yeah, they're all very. They're all very distinct characters, and, and you, you, the story definitely tells you what they're about. You know, as soon as, soon as they're introduced, um, they kind of all got a reason to be there, haven't they? You know, mm. like, um, Hopper's the one that brought them. Um, mm. Oh God, what's his name? The professor. He's obviously there to excavate it. Vinus, mm. the scientist. You know, the two people that are funding it that just happen to look extremely sinister. Surprise, <laughs> surprise, are the villains of the piece. <laughs> do you think uh, do you think uh, Kaftan and Klieg were in a relationship? Do you think? Oh, it is logical, Jim. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> off, oh, 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 That works with your name as a Star Trek <laughs> reference. Um, uh, yeah, oh, I don't want to think about it, though, but probably. Mm. 
Yeah. It was a long yeah. old rocket trip, you know, to, to tell us. Mm. You can imagine sitting sitting in the big old house somewhere. Uh Haftan and Cleek have walked straight from the Graham Williams era. In- <laughs> <laughs> Tom Baker and Lala Ward visited them last week, and now they're with <laughs> Trout and Ice and Watling. Man, they are somewhere way over the atmosphere. Aren't they? <laughs> oh, uh, there's a, there's a big finish series in that somewhere, isn't there? Captain and Cleek. Well, so you know, did they did the Captain Hopper adventures, didn't they? After this, <laughs> so they got a proper American in for that. It's the way. Oh, they so they didn't they didn't use the same actor then for for Hopper? No, I don't think he's around anymore. Ah, uh, um, I suppose. It's the way Kaftan and Klieg, um do their evil plotting, sort of within the earsight of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Top of man, you will be discreet, you know, <laughs> and not tell them that you are evil. <laughs> <laughs> and even Toberman, he's he's stood there in the background, kind of grinning, you know, when the when they're discussing about the sabotage of the rocket ship. It's I like, bet- yeah, there's no. Not subtle. All Kaftan has to do is say a few sort of logical sums and Cleek gets a hard on straight away. She's like, I know how to push your buttons. <laughs> the ratio and the circumference of a circle to its diameter. Represented <laughs> <laughs> by the Greek letter pie, right? <laughs> Look, the doctor pressed the button. Yeah. He's he's yeah, what's it? I've never kind what's of looked at game? it in that way. What's he playing at? You know, is he is he trying to teach them a lesson? Oh, that's an interesting notion. Yeah. He's the moral arbiter of the universe now. Don't you don't let your curiosity get ahead of you, you know, because you mm. might get bit. Yeah. You know, you know, you kind of when you when you're watching these stories, um, when you're younger, um, you kind of you watch them and you don't see the little subtle things, you just see Oh wow, they're going into the tomb of the Cybermen, and there's a Cybermen there, and it's all exciting. You don't, you don't kind of see these little, little subtle things, um, and so it's kind of, it's. I always find that there's new things that I'm finding. You know, the, now I'm a, an old person. Um, you know, I kind of I like see that. things, <laughs> but you, you know, you go. Oh, younger than me, you rude git. <laughs> <laughs> if you're an old person, I'm fucking ancient. Sorry, sorry continue. Yeah, but you you kind of you, you see these things um the more you watch them and it uh, you know that's why I always find it so fascinating because I can I can just put on a a story like this and it can just be on in the background. I've seen it that many times before. Um but sometimes when you really watch it, you you spot these things that you've never seen before and even now discussing it with you, I'm Seeing that kind of that really kind of sinister edge to the second doctor, it is interesting as well because he does show a very paternal um feeling towards Victoria. There, he says, like, Oh, well, I'm not going down there then if Toberman's staying here. So he knows he, he, I think, one, he knows that Cleek is the villain, like, he says mm. that before the end of episode two, was like, You, yeah. know, you know, you're clearly demented. <laughs> you know? mm. Um, and I don't think Kaftan is particularly, you know, holding her own in the, you know, pretending that she's good stakes. No. And no. Toadman's clearly her, you know, um, menacing henchman. So he's like, basically, like, I, I ain't going down there if you're leaving mm. here because I'm not leaving her in danger. Mm. Which is very sweet. Yeah. So, so he's kind of got layers. Oh, yeah. 
And at the same time, he's playing up the comedy with Jamie as well. <laughs> like, yeah. So who wants to go down there? And Jamie's like, put your hand up if you don't want to go. Not you, Jamie. All right, you're going down there. <laughs> I love those two. I, 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 I've always said if there was a Doctor and Companion that I could go out for a pint with, it'd be the second Doctor and Jamie. It is the ultimate Doctor Who bromance, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. I mean, all those, you know, I'll say all those years of um, the Doctor and a female companion that came kind of came after it, I suppose. Really, but um, these two were just. I'd 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 really like to see something like this done again in Doctor Who with a with a male Doctor and a, and a male companion. I think um, I think they touched on it with um, once it settled down with the Eleventh Doctor and Rory. I thought there was a few moments. Mm. It was nowhere near as effective. Well, you know what's no. great about this is it is a bromance, right? But there's nothing very masculine about either Patrick <laughs> or Fraser Hines. They're like a pair of fucking kids, and when yeah. they're in in danger, they grab hold of each other like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> You know, not like heroes do now, where they're sort of very masculine, you know. And, yeah. You know, I am the doxa. <laughs> Constellation of Cathedrus and all this bullshit, you know. Patrick Chowan just goes, oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably what we would all do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then is that is that kind of all put on, put on from the doctor? You know, is that kind of, does he, does he kind of, project himself as being a little bit you know uh childlike to maybe to trick people maybe. i don't know i don't I know this Sihart said uh, that he's a very elusive doctor, and I think we'll never get those answers because he shows all those different shapes. Like, well, which one are you? You know, mm. are you the bumbling fool that sort of trips into a room and mm. accidentally stops the villain's plan, or mm. are you a dastardly sort of mastermind who's planned out the whole thing? Mm. Maybe that's the fun, and he's just so much fun to watch as well. He is. He is. Oh, Violet's going to die soon. <laughs> we've we've peaked in snivel now. <laughs> I'm going to say something that's going to stun you rigid now then. Because I think, actually, this scene in a minute is Victoria's best. It's her best scene in the entire run until we get to Fury from the Deep when she has some great mm. character moments where she picks up that bloody gun and takes out the side mm. of that. Yeah. <sighs> and again, it's kind of... it's it's. This is, you know, this is a girl who 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 shouldn't be there, and she doesn't she can barely comprehend what's going what's going on around her. You know, she's been dragged from uh, Vic the Victorian era to to Scaro and now to Telos, and um, she's just, yeah. The, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. She, I think, on the odd occasion, she can have a bit of agency. You know. Mm. In a minute, she ain't putting up another caftan shit, is she? You know. Now, did you? Really, I, think, did I you, think if she was, you better open it up again, haven't you? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's very. Um, I think. I think if she was cornered, you wouldn't want to. You know, if she was cornered and she had to fight her way out of something, I think she would fight her way out of something. You know. Yeah, with her claws, yeah. Oh my word! Ooh, here we go. What's going on here? This set. Is amazing. It's stunning, isn't it? And and you never, you never get the sense that it's going from studio to film. It, you always feel like they're there. Um, 
but again and and that as well that kind of that teasing of of them coming out and then they get refrozen again before they can come out that's i love you know that's so clever and like it's really like i was just counting there there's only eight cybermen there Mm. Oh, it's not like it's a vast army, but for some reason it just feels epic. Mm. It feels like a vast set in a massive space. Yeah. Um, in my head, there's just countless other um, you know, uh cyber tombs. Yeah. The whole army down here ready to come up. That's the magic of Doctor Who, isn't it? it can make eight extras yeah. seem like an army. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think as well, it's the height as well. I think if you know, I think if it was all on one level, it maybe wouldn't seem so impressive. Um, but because of the height, it's got it's got the scale there um, that works in its favour. I'm going to suggest something now. And I don't want you to think I'm insane, but there is something sort of embryonic about them mm. coming out, like like they're they're being born. You know, there's something yeah. really sinister about it. It's very slow. The way they come through and they're sort of sort of feeling their way into yeah. the world. Yeah. It's not the way robots behave. Like it's no, it's alien and it's a bit weird. And this is this is why they're I was thinking about this earlier on today. And I think they are the these Cybermen and the you know the similar ones in the moon base. Um, they're my I think they're my favorite Cybermen. Um, very close, you know, very close to the the 10th planet cybermen as we said before um but these ones these are kind of like your slow silent killers you know these are the you know there's no there's no stomping there's no you know they're just they're there waiting in the shadows for you and i think um i don't know if they could have they could have kept the cybermen like that forever um because i think it it works because of of the era it's black and white and it's you know dark and um, but they are, I think they're my favourite Cybermen. I think they lost something a little bit in the wheel in space. Um, yeah, and I, I, I do think they do something interesting in the invasion by mm. making them experience emotions. Like one that's down in the sewers screaming his head off. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, the revenge ones are just a joke. And then they're <laughs> just kind of stormtroopers after that, aren't they? They, they, they are like a, yeah. a powerful force, like a military mm. force in mm. earth shock but then after that they're just sort of action robots aren't they yeah yeah i do like the i like the 80s cybermen for very different reasons um but they're not the they're not the same um i think you know i think they lose you know i i never get a sense that in in the invasion i never get the sense that they're in in control or they're in command they're just kind of being used as a bit you know like a an army really whereas you've got the cyber planner and you've got tobias fawn and but they just seem to be like the the soldiers whereas these stories uh the moon base and two of the cybermen they're very much um they're very much in control they are they are in charge this story the story is about them They've got the best voices as well, haven't they? I like that yeah. one in the moon base that sits there going, clever, clever. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they could be impressed as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. as well, do you know, like, again, call me mad. I feel as if they were designed 
the Cybermen were absolutely designed to be a black and white monster, right? Mm. So they look amazing when you put them on the moon, you know, and mm. they're across the moon and they're, they're kind of uh, shiny and silvery. And those sequences on film are incredible. They look amazing in this coming out of the tomb yeah. and in yeah. these sets. You suddenly put them in colour in something like Revenge of the Cybermen and they look like cheap robots. Yeah, yeah. And the moments where they really work in the 80s, it's when it's basically shot in black and white. You've got them down in the caves, you, mm -hmm. you know, on the freighter, sorry, and it's really dark. And they're just sort mm -hmm. of, um, you know, something sort of unknowable coming out of the darkness. Or in the sewers in Attack of the Cybermen, you know. Yeah. And the second you sort of put them out on location, like know, Silver Nemesis, they do. <laughs> they just look like a bunch of sort of fancy dressed robots. Yeah. They, they do and i i mean i i i enjoy silver nemesis um i've got a lot of love for silver nemesis as bad as what it is but um the cybermen are not social workers <laughs> <laughs> i mean i love it but it's terrible i love it oh yeah <laughs> it's, it's 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 so bad it's good silver nemesis jim all things shall soon be mine <laughs> I'm past, present, and future. Man, Lady Painful should have been in this. She'd have been oh. amazing. Oh, can you imagine? Oh, look at that. Oh, yeah, that she. Yeah, that's a good that's... aim, you know. It's what? Sorry, that's a good aim. Good aim. There. Yeah, they've gone to the same school of shooting as Sarah Jane from Pyramids of Mars. <laughs> Straight on the target. And the the cybermats—they look very disturbing underneath. I don't know. Obviously, it's all. Looks like fuzzy it felt fuzzy or felt? something, doesn't it? It does look like fuzzy felt, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what's terrible though? It's like she's just like she's just had a showdown with Kaftan. She shot the side map. We're like, yes, here we go. We've got our, you know, Honor Blackman style character, hard hitting, and then she just goes, ah, Captain Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Victoria, there you yeah. are. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Do you think it was a fabulous move for them to hire these tall actors so they tower over the the human characters? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think uh, it definitely it makes them look impressive. Um, yeah. I don't know why the controller's being crouched down. Um, well, it was that. frozen, so they probably didn't feel it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a bit stiff now. <laughs> Actually, talking of being stiff, you know, I much met a guy, right? Yeah, it was only like a one night thing. Yeah, well, you see that helmet that the cyber. Yeah, there we go with this. Well, I won't join the dots for you, but I was like, that looks just like the cyber controller from Tomb <laughs> of the Cybermen. He was not impressed. <laughs> he said, "Go on, put it on." I went, "No, <laughs> I've got more fun things to do." <laughs> They sprayed lots of ice on his face. That looks mm. really nice. Look how tall he is, though. Mm. I mean, is this Michael? Was it Michael Kil Kilgariff? Michael Kilgariff, yeah. Mm. Got yeah. a few pounds before he came back in Attack of the Cybermen, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask, what, what did you think about them bringing him back in Attack of the Cybermen? Because well, uh... I'll just say there's a reason why they don't put me in a Cyberman costume in <laughs> Doctor Who, because I'd look very like that. Michael Kilgariff <laughs> in Attack of the Cybermen. <laughs> 
You know, another thing that's effective there, though, is none of them talk for ages and the music drops away and it's completely silent. And they're yeah. just standing there with their blank faces. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Cleek's doing his, oh, yeah, oh, I venerate you, or whatever he says. <laughs> and then the fella just grabs his arm. Mm. It's in absolute agony, isn't he? Yeah. And again, that's that's the kind of, the, they're just slow and silent and they're, they're just sinister. They look at you. They just look at you. There's no, you know, delude, delude and all that. You know, it's oh, all. Yeah. What was that all about? We're going to give them a catchphrase. Catchphrase for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll brand them. Cybers industries, you know. <laughs> Listen, before we have um, episode two, would mm-hmm. you please just say the last line of the episode in your best cyber voice? Um, what's the last line again? Uh, you belong to us. Oh, you shall like us. In a cyber voice? Yes, please. <clears throat> you belong to us. You will be like us. Do you know, for us, right, you know, they said that these Cybermen sound a bit like um, like Italian men, you know. <laughs> you belong to us. You shall be <laughs> like us. <laughs> Your impression certainly does. 